the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. I want you to, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 8, Exodus chapter 8. This is a series called Heart to Heart. In this series, there's some old sermons that I've preached that I want to share, and this is one of them. Let's read Exodus chapter 8. Israel is in bondage to Pharaoh down in Egypt, and God wants his people to be set free. Uh, They've been in bondage for 400 years, and God wants his people so they can go back up to the land of Israel, the land of promise, the holy land. So Exodus chapter 8, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, everybody say Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh. Now, here's, here's another illustration. There's hundreds where God chose a man to go speak to a king. All right? So don't say we're not supposed to be involved in politics. That's not our job. Throughout the entire Bible, God has men and women who speak to leaders. Paul stood before King Agrippa and argued with him about the kingdom of God. Here's a case where God calls a godly man, Moses, to go speak to the highest man in the land, Pharaoh. And here's what I want you to say to him. This is what the Lord says. Let my people what? Go so that they may worship me. Verse 2, if you refuse. Now, in other words, uh, God has a specific word for Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a choice to either do what God says or to disobey. And God says very clearly in verse 2, you have to remember this the whole sermon, that God said, if you refuse to do what I ask, If you don't do what I'm asking, if you refuse to let my people go, I'm going to plague your whole country with frogs. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up onto your palace and into your bedroom and even up on your bed because they're going to be really good hopping frogs. They've got good hoppers. They're going to hop all the way up on the top of your bed and into the houses of your officials and on your people and into your ovens. And they're even going to be in your kneading troughs, verse 4. The frogs will go up on you, Pharaoh. They're going to be on you, on your shoulder, on your head, on your lap. And they're going to be on your people and all your officials, verse 5. And then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and the canals and ponds 
and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the what? They covered the land. Well, the frogs were everywhere. They were in the bedroom. They were in the kitchen. The frogs were in the parlor, in the oven, in the dishes, in the sink, in the backyard, the front yard, the garage, the food. They were in the cereal. They were in the basement. They were on the rooftops. God had said, we just read in Exodus 8, verse 2, if you refuse to let my people go, if you don't do what I'm asking you, I'm going to plague your whole country with frogs. Ladies and gentlemen, God always keeps his word. Look at that Egyptian woman as she opens up her oven. She screams because what jumps out when she opens up the oven? Frogs. Here's a man getting into bed. What's that kicking underneath the covers down there by his feet? What is that hopping around there in the bed? What's frogs? Here's a lady looking in her purse, just trying to get her car keys, and she's digging in there and something hopping around in there. What's in her purse? Frogs. Here's a boy who put his clothes on. What's that hopping around in his pocket? What is frogs? Look at those Egyptian boys as they walk along the road to school. What is that squishing between their toes? What's frogs? And there were big frogs. And little frogs and skinny frogs and tall frogs. Everywhere there were millions of dead frogs heaped up in smelly mountains as millions more came from the rivers to take their place. Do you have this picture in your mind? Now look at verse 8. It's in your Bible. Pharaoh, he's had enough. He summons Moses. Get Moses and Aaron and bring them here. They bring Moses and Aaron before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, I've had enough. He says, if I see one more frog, I'm going to croak. <laughs> Moses, you're a man of faith. You're a man of prayer. This is all in verse 8. I want you to pray to the Lord. Oh, please start praying to take these frogs away from me and away from my people, and I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Oh, that's a good thing. Pharaoh finally gave in. Sick of the frogs. Moses, in verse 9, doesn't answer his request immediately. Now watch this. Very interesting verse. Moses says to Pharaoh, I have a Timex watch here. I'm going to leave to you, sir, the honor of setting the time for me to pray. At what time today would you like for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs, except those, of course, that belong in the Nile River? When would you like for me to say that prayer? Look at verse 10. Pharaoh says, tomorrow. Tomorrow? I've never been able to figure that out. There are frogs in his food. There are frogs in his bathtub. There are frogs in his clothes. Frogs on his driveway. Frogs on his bed. There are frogs on his hat. And God is willing and ready to rid the land of frogs immediately. And Pharaoh says, Give me one more night with the frogs how could he possibly ask for one more night with the frogs well pharaoh was a sinner he's a picture of all sinners he was rebellious he was fleshly he was stubborn he was proud his heart was hardened his heart was cold 
And just like a sinner, he's a picture of a man outside of Christ. God has warned him over and over and over again. But Pharaoh refused to honor God. He refused to obey God. Thus the frogs came. Those frogs were there initially because of a direct result of his disobedience. Today, we sin. We disobey God. And therefore, we are plagued with problems and burdens and disappointments and sickness and sorrow and perplexity and heartache. Frogs, all of them, frogs of difficulty, frogs of grief, frogs of guilt, frogs of of despair, frogs of troubles directly or indirectly because of our disobedience. And God, all along, he loves us and God is ready to remove the frogs that plague us because of our sins. But like Pharaoh, most of us say, give me one more night with my sin. Give me one more night with my frogs. Three things quickly. Number one, we're famous for what we're going to do tomorrow. We're famous. I mean, just about everything you wrote down, almost every one of you, you said, well, I do know I need to do this, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. You go to the man who's outside of Christ, his life is in disrepair, and you ask him to come to Christ, he will say to you, maybe next week, maybe next time. Beg the Christian who's here, someone right here, you became a Christian, but Uh, Jesus became your Savior, but he's not your Lord. You you haven't really fully surrendered. And the Lord says, you need to fully surrender. And you go, "Uh, not not, now. Maybe maybe tomorrow I'll do that, but not, not right now. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Oh, I've seen this so many times. Here's a man who's lived a lifetime, a lifetime of misery and unhappiness. And God will send a friend, a Christian, a wife, a preacher, a neighbor, a relative, who'll go to that man and who'll beg, why don't you give your life to Jesus? Jesus will forgive you of your sins. Jesus will solve your problems. He will lift your burdens. He will restore your broken heart. Jesus will remove all of your guilt. Jesus will give you a hope and a reason to live. Jesus will save your soul. And that sinner, he admits that he understands. He knows that he should be saved. He knows that he could be saved. But just like Pharaoh, he says, tomorrow. Jesus had an experience with three men who said tomorrow. In Luke chapter 9, I won't read the text, but three men said, Jesus, I will follow you, but blah, 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 blah. And every preacher has heard these stories thousands of times over. Yes, preacher, I would become a Christian, but blah, 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 blah. And that's why today we have millions and millions who are still enslaved to self, enslaved to sin, and enslaved to Satan. How foolish it is for us to call Jesus our Lord and Savior and then not do today what we know God is calling us to do today. We are famous for what we're going to do tomorrow. Let me have one more night with the frogs. 
And that one more night stretches out, you see, into an endless eternity. Number two, write this down. This is important. Something worse may come in place of those frogs. Oh, Pharaoh, (laughs) Pharaoh said, you can go, and then he changed his mind. As soon as the frogs were gone, he changed his mind. So God had to send another plague, and then another plague, and another plague. And if you study the plagues, each plague got a little worse. You see, what, what normally happens is we disobey God. And we think it's not that big a deal. I still go to church. I still have my Bible. I'm here today. Look at me, preacher. I'm here. I know I've got this little sin. But what you don't understand, that because of that sin, there are certain situations that we'll call frogs. There are certain things that plague you because you've chosen to walk down the wrong road. And at first you thought, I know I shouldn't do this. And what happened was your heart got a little hardened, just like Pharaoh. Your heart got hardened. And so now you went further down the road of sin. And so God has to send more plagues, in a sense. It's got to be harder, and it gets tougher, and all of a sudden you wake up one day. That's really how someone becomes an addict. Uh, They didn't start out to become an addict. They just start off drinking, and the very first time they ever took a drink, they thought, that's terrible, I shouldn't have that. And then, you know, a week later they had another one. They got used to it, and and one day they'd gone so far, now they're addicted, they can't get out of it. And now their whole life, you've seen this, it's in shambles. And if only they'd come back to God, the very first time that they heard his voice, if they'd have kept their hearts soft to the things of God, they wouldn't be in this mess. How many of you understand what I'm saying? You see, God puts within the heart of every one of us a void that only he can fill. That's why the world is so confused. They're, they're empty. They're they're unhappy, and so they think some relationship is going to make them happy. They think that some drug is going to make them happy. They think that money is going to make them happy. They think that fame is going to fulfill them. And none of those things fulfill them. And they just keep walking down that road, and, and all one day they wake up and their life is in shambles. It's because they tried the wrong thing. Only Jesus can bring you happiness. Only Jesus can bring you peace. And this whole point is that today, today, because of sin, your problems might seem like frogs. Tomorrow, your problems are going to seem like boils. Today, your problems just seem like frogs. Tomorrow, your problems could feel like locusts. Today, your problems feel like frogs. Tomorrow, your problems could feel like darkness and could eventually lead to death. So don't say tomorrow because you don't know if something worse might come in place of the frogs. My third point, write this down quickly. Tomorrow may never come. Oh, oh, don't be foolish. Don't say, well, tomorrow I'm going to give my life to Christ. Uh, The next Sunday I'll be baptized. You have no guarantee that you'll be here next Sunday. The, The Bible says in Proverbs Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. James says our life is but a vapor. You're here for just a moment and you're gone. The point is if you hear God saying to you to do anything, you need to do it today. I want you to turn quickly to Hebrews 3. I want to read this passage, all right? Hebrews chapter 3. I want you to see this in your Bible. Verse 12. It says, see to it. 
see to it, now watch this, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from who? Now watch this. Whenever you choose to sin, whatever sin that is, Whatever, whatever you're living, you, I said, I told you to scribble something out, something God wants you to do that you're not doing, you're living in sin. And if you choose to live that way, according to verse 12, that sin is turning your heart away from who? From God. In other words, you can't live a life of sin and, and draw closer to God. You can come to church, you can dress up and come to church, but you're not, you're not getting closer to God if you are intentionally living a life of sin, you're like Pharaoh in a sense. Your heart is being hardened. Your sin is turning you away from God. And that's why he says, see to it, brothers and sisters. Hey, as a family here, as a family, we're all in this thing together. Don't let each other walk down that path of sin that turns your heart away from God. Now look at verse 13. Instead, encourage one another how often? What does the Bible say? Every single day as long as it's called today. So that none of you, now watch this, will be hardened by sin's what? Deceitfulness. Now, I have to say a couple things here. I, I get so sick when people say, well, who are you to judge? I write something on my Facebook wall. Who are you to judge? The Bible says judge not. The Bible doesn't say that. You just think the Bible says that. The person who says, how many of you have heard that? Who are you to judge? The Bible says judge not. Uh, that person has never read the Bible. They heard that. It sounds good. They don't agree with what you're saying, so they just throw this out. Uh, who are you to judge? We're supposed to judge. Did you know that? Now, here's what the Bible says, all right? This is in 1 Corinthians 5. You've got to get this. It does say we're not supposed to judge the people in the world. You don't need to judge people that are not Christians because guess who's going to judge them? God. And God, God doesn't need your help. He's got, all that, he's got all that taken care of in his own timetable. That's why when you get on Facebook and you're arguing with these people who don't know God, it doesn't, you're not doing any good. You, you might even be char- doing more harm, especially if you have a bad attitude or you write mean things back. You're, you're, you're making the situation worse. The people in the world, 1 Corinthians 5 says, do not judge the people in the world because the world is going to do what the world is going to do. If someone in the world calls me a name, it doesn't bother me. That's what the world does, Right? But it says this, I hope you're listening, judge those inside the church. We're brothers and sisters. You belong to a life group, you got 10, 12 people, and one of those people in that life group is living in sin. I hope that the rest of the people in that group goes to that brother, that sister, says, hey, look, you're living a a wrong path. That sin is going to turn your heart away from God. You're being led by sin's deceitfulness. You're being deceived by sin. I hope that if I'm doing something, if I'm living wrong, and you see me doing something that goes against biblical principle, I hope that you would tell me. 
because I don't want to do wrong. I don't want to live outside the will of God. That's why we're brothers and that's why we're sisters. And, and so don't judge those outside the church, but the Bible does say to judge those inside the church. Why? Look at verse 13 again as we close. Encourage one another every single day. As long as it's called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceiver. Don't say, well, next week I'm going to say something. No, you're letting a whole week go by of sin deceiving me. Does that make sense to you? Verse 15 says, now watch this. As has just been said today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your what? Do not harden your heart. I want you to write this down because it says, as it has just been said, he said the same thing up there in verse 7. Today, we just read verse 15. He says, as it it has just been said. He said it back up in verse 7. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. 2 Corinthians tells us that today is the day of salvation. In other words, if you're not saved, you need to be saved when? Today. You see, the reason the Bible says today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. The reason that's in the Bible is that every time you say no to God, every time you run from God, every day that you live another life of sin and your heart deceives you, your heart becomes more hardened. It becomes more calloused. And what that means is that tomorrow, if you say no today, that tomorrow when you hear the voice of God, it won't be as close. It'll be a little more faint. And then you say no again, and the next day it's even fainter. And the next day you can hardly hear it. And if you say no enough, your heart becomes so hardened and so callous that you'll no longer ever hear the voice of God. That's why it says, as I've just said to you, today, if you hear his voice, Do not harden your heart. Whatever it is that God's leading you to do, you need to do today. Don't stay in a life filled with frogs and lice and boils and darkness and death. Don't stay in that state where your heart is being deceived by sin. Today, if you hear his voice, Do not harden your heart. Just say yes. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. 
The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, he would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing his people to take possession of the promised land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley